Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Big Ticket Variety and iHeart's weekly podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today, I sit down with Alex Wolf. The 22-year-old actor has come a long way since his days as a child star with his brother Nate on Nickelodeon's The Naked Brothers Band. His credits are too long to name here, but later this month, he'll be seen in Human Capital, an indie thriller starring Liev Schreiber, Marissa Tomei, and Maya Hawke. This comes on the heels of The Cat in the Moon, a coming-of-age film that Wolf wrote, directed, and starred in. In other words, we had a lot to talk about. So coming up after the break, Wolf reveals how Noah Baumbach played a key role in shaping the cat on the moon, how playing Hawk's love interest brought back memories of preschool, and what happened when he lost 30 pounds in just two weeks to play a drug addict in the upcoming Castle in the Ground. I'll be right back with Alex Wolf. Welcome back. Here's Alex Wolf. How are you? I'm great. Yeah? Yeah. You're a busy man. Very busy man. Yeah, um, so are you. I am. I am. But Very busy. you're just like, what do I say? Human capital, castle on the ground, bad education. Of course, your movie, The Cat in the Moon. Um, so where should we start? Let's talk Cat in the Moon. It's really great. Thanks, man. It's um, really great coming of age story reminded me of growing up in new york you know let's go to that party blah, blah, and then, yeah it would turn into a mess <laughs> um but my big question for you is because when i first started reading about it, before i saw it i started reading about it and some stories are saying it's based on your experiences growing up in new york but then i'm like well it's not really your story for sure your dad is your dad your mom is your mom they right. are not those characters yeah, i'm not, not gonna give too much away um, so where did the story come from? How did it, how did it, I know I read, I think uh, you were talking about, like you started writing when you were 15? Yeah, wow. writing when I was 15. Um, well, I mean, it started because I really didn't want to do my schoolwork in freshman year of high school, and I didn't want to study for my finals. And so with my, like, <laughs> rebellion, I just started kind of writing the script. I'm going to rebel. I'm writing a <laughs> script. Exactly. <laughs> the lamest way to rebel in the world. <laughs> but for me, um, it is very much my sensibility and and it's it's such a lame word but spiritually it's like very much my story it's very okay. much like from my heart and mm-hmm. almost embarrassing for me to watch because it's so honest of my feelings but the actual lead character was uh, there's parts of me in it um, mm-hmm. definitely some parts I'm 
maybe want to be. You know, maybe I want to be um, tougher with a shaved head and all those things. But and then tattooed the, knuckles. The tattooed <laughs> knuckles and all those. But then also things I'm very embarrassed of that I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess it was sort of <clears throat> I could actually find parts of myself I didn't know existed through another person. But it was also a culmination of other people that I went to school with. And um, But, yeah, I mean, I, and also jazz is such a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And my dad's a jazz musician, and I think my dad um, connects to other musicians being jealous of him, like the um, um, Cal character is based on a bunch of different people. And I think that's just something that happens. So, so it's definitely from... Me, but uh, but yeah, the lead character is in a lot of ways very different. Um, but what did your parents think when they read the script? Dad, dad is. I mean, again, they sent me to therapy immediately. <laughs> they put me in therapy. <laughs> they put me in a straitjacket. Um, uh, I think my parents are such movie fans mm-hmm. that I remember my mom reading the script and going immediately into ideas on how to make the script better. You know, like, uh, <laughs> if you could tighten up on pages 70 <laughs> to 90, whatever. Didn't really think about uh, drug addict mother and all those things. <laughs> right, she, didn't, right. she didn't even for a second bat an eye. Um, and then I think my dad was always focused on the music elements. and, right. and um, But I think it hit them. They said it really hit them. They came to set. I, I was very saying, oh, you should come to set, but they were very respectful about not intruding on what we were doing and letting me really um, have this, and then I might get nervous with my parents there. Right. But with the rooftop big party scene, they showed up, and there were all the trucks and stuff making a movie, and I remember my parents got very emotional. And oh, were sweet. both kind of like, wow, you know. You're doing, you're really movie, doing it. actually making a movie. It's not just uh, so, so I think that was cool. So you, were you a big partier in high school? Um, I played the fifth. We move on. We're gonna move on on the podcast. No, I mean, I was like, uh, you know, I had I had um, fun, but I wasn't I wasn't like a big drinker or right. anything like that. I just uh, I did I was pretty wild. I just was a little bit wild, but um, and I I couldn't really follow rules so mm-hmm. to speak. But at the same time, um, I think I was okay. I think I was fine. I got out alive. Because those those scene, I mean, this there's a fight scene that is just yeah. And he's an angry boy. He's a really angry boy. Yeah. And it was I looked away. At one point, I really had to look away because I was like, okay, they're going to show the guy that he just hit, and what is his face going to look like? Yeah. Is that based on anything real? It's based on maybe uh, situations that could have gotten to that point right. but didn't get there. And I think the movie is a little bit of a hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Like It's like real-life hyperbole. Like It's right. like... Um, I've had situations that were really scary and dangerous like that mm. um, in New York. That was happening either with me or with other people where it just gets really heated, and especially if there's you know alcohol, alcohol and, and, and just tempers rising and a and, um, bunch of hormones and whatever, things like that happen. It never got pushed to that point ever, um, especially not with me, but I've watched situations like that get yeah. pretty scary. And How many of your friends then go see the movie going, is that based on me? Is that based on me? Is that based on me? Oh, who's that? Oh, I remember that story. <laughs> yeah, that's based yeah. on me. <laughs> I think, I think unfortunately, a lot of people see a lot of themselves and a lot of these characters, and mm-hmm. that was the tough thing. Was I, I, That scene was, I think, a much safer version. I wrote like a safer version, and then I think after a couple years and help from a lot of filmmakers – basically being like, hey, don't pull any punches. Like, right. what really happened? And I was kind of like, all right, then let's really write what happened and not worry about making him likable or anything. And through that, I think you actually f- 
see him as an idiot kid, and that's mm-hmm. a big turning point for him. That he's right. an idiot kid. He's actually not malicious. He's an idiot. You know. Right. And um, and I think a lot of people see themselves. I had a few friends see it and go, "Hey, man, was that like based on the party at the <laughs> Waldorf Astoria that was there? Like, is that based on?" I just go, "I don't know, no, man." No, no. And, <laughs> and Noah Bombach helped you with the script. Tell me about that. Yeah, I've almost I almost feel bad. Um, lumping him into my movie in case he doesn't like it. I don't know if he's seen it yet, but, uh, but uh, I recently I saw him at like the BAFTAs. I went mm-hmm. to the thing in London and I told him like, man, you were like the reason that I made this movie because I, I wrote the script and I was a little embarrassed by the fact that I'd written it or something. You just mm-hmm. get a little embarrassed as an actor. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, but I left it outside his door um, uh, and he was really the first person to say, "Hey, it's really good." And um, and there's, or, or even more than it's really good, it's got a lot of magic in there. You got a mind, wow. and and uh, and he went through the script almost page by page. And I sat, and I remember watching the sun go down and nervously looking out the window as the sun went down. <laughs> we were there for like three or four hours, wow. and he would look, and it was cool. He would he would. He would look at it and he would try and piece it together and say, "Well, that doesn't right because it." And it was just it oh, taught me awesome. a lot. It was just awesome. Yeah, yeah it was great. just to back up so people don't think like you were stalking Noah and you just left him a script. I was. Ex- I was. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> he was. He lives. He still lives in a building uh, that my parents live in, and he's our neighbor um, randomly in New York. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, it was kind of convenient. Okay. So well, I just very went similar. It's very similar filmmaking. So how many scripts? How many more scripts have you written? Uh, well, I wrote another one, and mm-hmm. so we're trying to um, make it now, which is the the hardest part of the whole process right. is getting it made, um, always. Right. Making the movie is so much easier. I mean, that's why I don't even really think about directing yourself or whatever. At that point, you're making the movie. Every day right. is candy. It's like, oh, we're you're making there. the movie. Yeah. yeah, who cares if it's bad? We got here. <laughs> like, um, so that was my attitude, but getting there is tough. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit was so good. Just want to put that yeah. out there. He's so awesome. That movie really, I got, I was really moved by yeah, that movie. Yeah, pretty awesome. Um, so let's talk about Human Capital, which is the next movie coming out. Um, give me the logline. What is it? Well, it's uh, three stories that all surround this one accident and seeing how these two different families respond to it and how this secret. Um, dangerous love story unfolds uh, mm-hmm. and how it plays into this accident. And I sort of feel like with this movie, it's the less you know, the better. Yeah, going into I, did, I didn't, know, just a- watch yeah, it I didn't know anything. Be, yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about Maya Hawke. The what best. You couldn't take your eyes off of her in this movie. The best. Did you know her before? I went to preschool with her. I went to preschool with Maya. So you remember crazy. her from preschool? So yeah, so we, and it's crazy because we did all this press for this movie, did not bring it up in press once because we just forgot when we become <laughs> friends as adults. But yeah, we, we went to preschool together and we dressed as, um, I think we dressed as Power Rangers together for one Halloween. Oh, so you were like, you were, <clears throat> we were friends. You were preschool friends. Yeah, totally preschool friends. And um, we <laughs> were always friends. And then I think through... High school, whatever, we just got into separate circles, and then we totally came together for this movie when she got back into acting, and it was that's such hilarious. an amazing experience. Hilarious. Amazing. So, like, you walk in, like, were you, like, I don't know, that's... I showed up in the Power Ranger costume, I and I was gonna... like, why didn't you, Maya, <laughs> you're, like, you're not wearing the Power Ranger Here's costume. my photo album, remember preschool? I feel like Maya's going to deny that she dressed as a Power Ranger for Halloween, Which um, and I just want to go on record, she's lying. She's lying. 
Now we're going to take a short break, but when we return, Wolf opens up about his new friendship with Nicolas Cage and working with Hugh Jackman. Plus, is a Naked Brothers Band reboot in the works? Stick around. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Here's more of Alex Wolf. Now let's talk about Castle on the Ground. More drugs. <laughs> so many, yeah. More drugs. More drugs, dude. Bad. All the, all the, tra- all the bad I trauma. Mean, human capital, drinking. Uh, Cat Moon, drinking drugs. <laughs> Castle on the Ground, drugs. Human capital, I don't know about drinking. I don't know. Because there's no drinking. I think human capital, no drinking. What? <laughs> Not for... Oh, I got You got to see the movie. You got to see the movie. I see what you're saying. For, but for, human capital. Ca- yes, 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 yes. Human capital does show oh, high schoolers yeah. getting trashed. Yeah. Okay. It's bad. Gotcha. Traumatic. Um, now, Castle on the Ground. Yeah, man. I mean, that's uh, a, t- a tough one to, to watch, but it's a really more than a bleak just drug movie. Mm-hmm. It, it is more about a boy's uh, journey to kind of self discovery and finding out what to do. Uh, with his loneliness. It's like uh, more meditation on loneliness and mm-hmm. isolation than anything else. And what did he do? He just did drugs to <laughs> to, to self-medicate. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying I did drugs. No, no, I was no, like, no, 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 I did not. No, I'm talking about the character. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think w- even more than Medicaid, yeah, I think medicating also, but I think one of the uh, big issues is, is loneliness and boredom. And I mm-hmm. think... When and it's really about a boy who loses his mom, and he has all these drugs lying around the house, and and it's just the accessibility; it's just too easy, and he doesn't have anything else to do. And mm. even more than Medicaid, I think he wants to take the pain away, but I think he also just wants something to do, and I think yeah. it becomes a, like a a passion and something to care about, um, mm. and makes his life feel like it has value and matter, even though that's it's the exact antithesis right. of that. So. I guess that's what drew me to it. How'd you prepare? Well, the thing that I had to do was I I just I lost a ton of weight in a really short amount of time. I had a couple weeks to prepare. And how much did you have to lose? Well, he never gave me a guideline, but I basically got the job and then just stopped eating, which ended up being ended up causing a lot of problems. And I would not suggest it. But I lost like thirty pounds in like uh, you know a couple weeks and. Yeah, and it was really tough. And because I don't, I, you know, I'm not, there's no judgment, but you're a thin guy. I know. Like you lose I know. Thirty pounds. That's well. I wanted I, what I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel more more than look it because I didn't mm-hmm. really care if you could see it or not. I really just wanted to feel how right. he feels, and I think he feels like he's hungry for something and mm. whatever. Um, but no, it ended up causing a ton of like health problems. It was a whole pain. But but um, you know, when I see the movie, I do look really gone and wow. gaunt and a, a bit emaciated and and white and just super pale wow. and so <clears throat> i feel like it's worth it for that but. is there a message in the movie because i mean we're seeing a lot of projects come out now about the opioid um epidemic so is there is there a message or is it just here's a story 
Well, I think I have a bit of an allergy to movies that are too heavy-handed in the mm-hmm. message, but I think it, what it does do is it shows how easy it is for a young, vulnerable person to fall into this world. It's in uh, Sudbury, Canada okay. in 2012, which was like the worst year for the opioid crisis in Canada ever because they had all these drugs on the market and got these people hooked and then they just took it off the market and uh, it left all these people in shambles. And so people started then um, replacing what they had, the Oxycontin, with fentanyl and that just started killing people all over the place. And this is all about fentanyl and Oxycontin. And, you know, people can die from a grain of sand of fentanyl, size of fentanyl, and people can die all the time and it's what keeps happening. And I think they've said that that's what happened with Mac Miller and certain people. It's it's just, it's a really, it's like the scariest drug that there is out there. Did you meet with real addicts? You know, Imogen Poots, who's in it, with Joey Klein, um, the director, went to go meet with all these addicts because she is an addict in the movie mm-hmm. and like she's like an actual addict and whatever and I think Joey and I made the decision to protect me a little bit from that so mm-hmm. I didn't know what addicts were and I didn't know what it was like and more was going to be <clears throat> a kid who's falling into and so Imogen would guide me on what it would be like to have an oh, addict there so she I get it I got it I see so she could be the addict and I was kind of just following her lead and wow. so that was that was kind of a fascinating thing, not go, me not going and her going with the director and me just being kind of oblivious and, and just falling into it. Do you feel a responsibility when you make a movie like this? Not at the time. And now when you talk about it, you do mm-hmm. more when it comes out. Makes you a little nervous. But What makes why, why nervous? Well, you want to get it right. You want to make sure you did the... The right thing. Yep. You didn't blow it. You mm-hmm. you uh, portrayed it in a sensitive way, <clears throat> and it doesn't feel like I don't know. It doesn't feel like you're glamorizing it yeah. in any sort of way. You have to be yeah. careful not to glamorize it. But at the at the same time, in the moment, I really try not to think about responsibility in acting at all. Okay, another Jumanji movie. When's it happening? I I'm, I want to ask the same question. I have you want, not? No, you I, I, I mean, who asked? Your agent, your manager, who? who Jumanji is like a magical little creature that just keeps crawling back and asking us to come, and I just feel like I don't want to disturb it. When the Jumanji creature is ready to come out, I will, I will. Wow, that is a day. way of deflecting a question. <laughs> no, yeah. I really no. I know that was a clever deflection. No, I genuinely wow. don't know. From the bottom of my heart, I wish I knew. Do you want to do another one? Yes, how I much, would do ten more. I'm not kidding. How I much love fun it. are they? Just like you the go best. from like you know these. You obviously do some really small indie movies, and you go to, to these big sort of popcorn movies. Yeah, well, I I was Jake Kaz then. It was funny because after Jumanji, I did a bunch of dark movies in a row. Mm-hmm. I did like Hereditary and all these things. And I remember one of the takes on the new Jumanji. He was like. So you've been doing a lot of dark movies. <laughs> You're basically telling me, like, let's lighten it up a little bit. You're like, I'm doing the dark movies because of Jumanji. I was like, you yeah, did this you made it all. <laughs> Can't turn back. Um, pig. God, there's so many. You are, you're just, you're, you're, what do you call it? Resume? What did IMDb list? It's just long. Pig. Thanks, yeah, You I'm and really Nicholas Cage. It's the best. It was so fun. That was the best experience probably in my life. That Why? and making Cat in the Moon. Why? Well, Nick Cage, not only has he now become one of the best 
friends of my life and one of the most loyal people in my life mm. who has we talk I'm not even kidding we talk almost every few days we text wow. just all day and he FaceTimed me like two days ago and we really support each other and help mm. each other with things and and we were we started making the movie when we were both going through very similar personal things in our life and we bonded over it immediately and um, connected and were very emotionally open with each other and we just became best friends so regardless wow of how the movie turns out or whatever people feel about it, that guy and I formed a lifelong friendship. And um, and we'll I'll figure out a time to announce it, but he's producing something that I'm making. And we, anyway. Is this the maybe script something. that you're talking about? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, making the movie was just also, so in addition to that, he is, to me, the, the best actor that we have out mm. there. You know, he and, you know, De Niro and Pacino, I mean, they're the best that we have they're act, right now. They're actors, actors. Exactly. Yeah. And, and doing scenes with him was, I always said, I was saying this to my brother and my mom that, um, you know, when you're do, when you're acting, most of the time you're thinking like, well, this take I did this and like, oh, did it. And with him, I forgot we would move on from the scene. I'm like, wait, did we do the scene? It was like, because he basically guides you like a angel. Wow. He just kind of guides you across the water. So it's just so, you forget what you did because you're so in the moment. You don't know what he's going to do next and it's, I mean, he's the great. He's the best. I mean, he's just the greatest. Were you nervous when you first met him? Yes, yeah. beyond. Because the truth is, he was my favorite actor before this, and wow. I and I remember I wished on my fourteenth, fifteenth birthday that my dream was to do a movie with Nick Cage. Everyone, all my friends have said you willed it into existence <laughs> because I would talk. Nick Cage is my biggest inspiration. Now, raising so when Arizona, do you leaving tell Las Vegas. him that? I told him on day one. I, I told him immediately. I said, I have to get this out of the way. We And the coolest thing was in Toronto, we both got awards together. We mm -hmm. got honored together before we made the movie, right before a couple of weeks. And I showed up, and we both won these awards. And I said to him, like, listen, you are, like, the reason I started acting. Like, wow. Raising Arizona and Adaptation and Leaving Las Vegas and Vampire's Kiss and National Treasure. Everything. I've seen them all. Right. Um, Matchstick Men. I mean, he's the greatest. He's just the greatest and i think this is one of his best performances um I, I it's a beautiful he just gave a beautiful searing honest soulful subtle performance and he's a guy who's sort of out isolated from the world lost his pig a truffle yeah. pig thing <clears throat> he's he's a he's a truffle <laughs> i know it's a whack i mean it's a wild wacky movie but it's actually really somber and really sweet and sad but he's basically this uh, a truffle farmer who it gives me truffles. I'm a truffle salesman. I'm the only person who comes in contact with him because he's isolated in the woods, and he gives me truffles um, in exchange for supplies. And I give him supplies, and I give him all this stuff, and he gives me truffles. And his pig that gets him truffles gets stolen, and the only person that he knows is me. Um, so he asked me to drive him to go find the pig, and it ends up being this midnight cowboy, like, odd uh, really? Coen Brothers-y journey, a weird journey. And what about the Naked Brothers reboot? Uh, uh, um, um, um. <laughs> well, N Nat and I live the Naked Brothers reboot like every day. We're best friends with David Levy, who's on it, and whatever. Right, but, are you, but, but you have to film it to make I a want reboot. To do, I want, do you really want to do it? Yes, of course. I want to do it. I love that you say that because you know how many, so many people are like, Sort of like they look at that part of their life and they're like, well, you know, I've outgrown that. It's I've moved on. No, I have not outgrown it. I would love to do a reboot. I would love. It would be so, so why great. Isn't it happening? I don't know. Everybody's busy. Everybody's. I don't know, man. I just, I'm slowly work? writing down notes. <laughs> I think we should all work in a convenience store. 
I think that one of us <laughs> has to be really down and out, and the others have to lift lift us up and then get the band back together. I mean, what do you think? What what would you want the plot to be? bunch A bunch of us. Rolling. Well, you know, one's an opioid. <laughs> so. We did talk about that. That Alex, who is a lemon lime soda addict, is probably a drug addict. That version. Yeah, Nickelodeon. I don't know if that would be the Nickelodeon reboot. You're right. No, probably definitely Netflix, not a Nickelodeon. Netflix, Netflix reboot. Oh, I like that. And now just some fun questions. First 100%. audition you ever went on. First audition I ever went on. Well, I was lucky enough that I did the show and movie before I even knew what an audition was because it was wow. my friends and we were all on the show together. But then I think I auditioned for a Cameron Crowe movie. I think it was called um, We Bought a Zoo. I think it was it We Bought a Zoo when I auditioned for it. It was like a small part and I think it was so bad. It was like I was just so nervous and mm -hmm. I think I did it in a little tape and I think it was the worst thing ever. And I should find it just to keep my ego in check. Uh, last time you yeah. cried at the movies. I cry every time in the movies. It's very hard to not make me cry at the movies, genuinely. But I'm trying to think the last movie I cried. I mean, I sobbed in Jojo Rabbit. Um, I mean, name the movies of this year. I probably cried in all of them. I mean, I cry when I see dogs on the street. I cry all the time. So you love cry, it. baby. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I guess Jojo Rabbit is the last time I fully broke down in tears. I cried in The Souvenir because I loved it so much. Cried in Irishman. Cried in Irishman twice. Why did you cry in Irishman? When he says... Um, Hey, you know, we're doing this uh, thing where you could speak. Don't worry about it. You don't have to come. Or to, when De Niro is inviting him, I just started crying because um, it's just so sweet, that scene between Now, them. were you watching it at home or in a theater? Theater. Sobbed oh, in a look theater. at that. Yeah. Sobbed in a theater. And then also I cried when um, Joe Pesci gives him the ring and he kisses his, oh, just all of it. Just, yeah, killed me. <laughs> that movie killed me. And what's the one movie you could watch over and over again and you'll never get bored? Taxi Driver. Why is that? Because I think it's the best movie ever made. Just best performance. Performances. Just it's perfect. It's just a perfect movie. That movie, I could watch Cries and Whispers, Bergman mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. I could watch that over and over and over again. I've Why? seen it probably six times. I think that one, because no matter what, that end still genuinely gives me stomach churning mm -hmm. anxiety. And I think if a certain movie can emotionally hold on to you and through the right. years. That movie, Stand by Me, mm -hmm. Eternal Sunshine. There's certain movies that um, there's certain movies that I love that aren't as rewatchable, right. but these are the ones that you can just turn on and it's just dog day afternoon. Bad Education, Roslyn, New York. Yeah, Long Island. It, exactly. I probably went to I didn't want to summer leave that camp out. with all those people. By the way, <laughs> you think you went to you think you went to summer camp with the bad ones, the crazy Pro ones? Probably. You I mean, I went. You know, Roslyn was like and crazy. Hugh Jackman. Is With so his good. Accent. He is so good in this movie. If yeah. you don't see this movie or anything else, Hugh Jackman is mind blowing. Like some of the really one of the best lead performances I've ever seen by anybody. And people like, weren't expecting it. No, people I've never like, seen him play a role like this. It's, yeah. it's more like American Psycho than it is. You know, it's just. And Variety had a really good take. The the critic had a really good take saying like it's the role that if Kevin Spacey didn't get in the trouble that he's gotten into, it would be a Kevin. Spacey I read their role. review. Yeah. And can I just say, Variety wrote me the nicest review for Cat in the Moon that I've ever seen, ever. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget that. And, you know, it's hard. It, you don't want to value reviews. But when one 
understands a movie the way that Variety oh, understood um, Cat in the Moon. It, it's one of those ones that I sent to my whole family, and I never do that, but it really understood it, and it awesome. meant so much to me at a time when I was really vulnerable, and it was the first review that came out, oh, right. and it was oh, so wow. glowing, and oh, it, was, it, was, it was big for me and big for us. So thank you, Variety, for being You're so awesome. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you great. so much, man. It's so fun. That was Alex Wolf. His new film, Human Capital, is in theaters on March 20th. That's it for this week's Big Ticket. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. See you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.